Can you give me? Can you give me running? Can you give me running? Can you give me gone? You. There's a gun and ammunition just inside the doorway. Use it only in emergencies. Maybe you should pray to God, Father and Spirit, protect you and guide you from up here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you? Can you hear me? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you? All right, guys, welcome to the evening presser of President Trump. We have 76 more days to go until elections. So as we wait, I thought maybe we could talk about developments while I was on air. Turns out, turns out that every single IC contractor right now is scrubbing their website. Um, I'm going to share my Twitter feed quickly with you guys so you could just see what's going on. This is so great because this this is how it happens. People, uh, you know, are starting to understand what's really going on. Look at this. Jones Group International scrubbed their leadership page completely, at least. Look at this. They're also trying to scrub Wayback Machine, but everyone's on there. See, that's the coup. See, this was the insurgency that the counterinsurgency that General Flynn was talking about. Look at this. The FBI guilty to altering a FISA warrant and could face up to six months prison, but they wanted to throw Roger Stone away for years for nothing because he didn't do anything. How is this fair or is this a plea deal? Look at this. You see this? This is the coup against the president of the United. Look who's next to him. Look, look at the coup. Look at the coup. They're telling you and they don't care. That's the coup. That's what we expose with this video. This is why all of the attacks are coming quick, <laughs> quick too. Here's this. Jones, where's the leadership page? I actually found it. Someone um, archived it. Hold on. For Millie Weaver, where you can see how it was different just before. That's Clearforce. Their board of directors that's gone. Look at that. Hayden. Thomas Miller, the Equifax guy, just like Bergie said on the video, how the alleged hack happened. Remember these alleged hacks, um, how we talked about it right here, right here. I'll, I'll flip to the screen so you can see it right there. So many people have started digging. Look at that. There was their board of directors that they took down. This is from the Wayback Machine, you guys. They scrubbed it all because it was all true, all true. I, I mean, this is so strange. You would think that people would be so excited.
to finally have the blueprint. And instead, they've been attacking uh, the uh, Millie Weaver who reported it. Um, they've been attacking Bergy, myself. And there's nothing they can debunk because I am the news. Didn't I tell you guys about Bank of America before anybody knew anything about Bank of America? Remember how we talked about please don't ban the trolls. Let them sit there. It doesn't matter. We don't need to be banning people. Um, what people need to understand is, um, don't ban them. You could put them in timeout or something, but don't ban them. I know people are rude and they're vicious. I mean, what they've done to me is ridiculous, right? They've taken a civil lawsuit for me exposing the attorney general of North Dakota and the government of North Dakota, right? I've, I exposed them and I filed documents with the Justice Department, criminal complaints that I filed. No one's talking about that. And they retaliated to start giving my life a colonoscopy with freaking uh, whatever, with secret subpoenas. And then they were upset telling the judge she's not giving us what we want. Well, obviously, I don't know what you want. Anything I give you is not enough. They just want, want, want. So it's civil and I have to go to Supreme Court. But I've been battling this for three years. Even Scott Adams, who's pretending he doesn't know anything, knew everything. He was with me when I was freaking out all, all over it. I was like, damn, this is still coming at me. Like these people are crazy. But this is how big boys fight, right? Because they don't fight in troll rooms, right? They fight in courtrooms. Right. They just start slandering the same stuff they did to the president. Right. The same stuff they did to General Jones, uh, the, the, to General Flynn. Well, General Jones did all it. The same stuff they did to Roger Stone, the same stuff that they've been doing to almost everyone that is promoting uh, freedom and America first is happening everywhere. I mean, like I said, I'm up against big boys. And when a tragedy happened to my family, instead of them having documents sealed as the law, as the law depicts, especially, you know, when there's certain classes, right? If they're government or if they're minors, right? Names are always covered, right? Uh, the state decided, you know, to make a mistake and leave it unredacted and release it to the media by violating things like Marcy's law. And then people are using that against me. Are you kidding? I would have went away for murder <laughs> if they didn't <laughs> walk in. But yet people talk, people talk. And this is how you see because they're freaking out because we've just exposed everything, everything. Bank of America, didn't I tell you? Oh, that's going to come into focus soon. Because they funded a billion dollars to BLM. And where did that money come from? Oh, that's right, foreign organizations. Because like I said, I send everything I see in here to the right authorities so they can keep looking and looking and looking. But, you know, people like to attack people without knowing things. For me, all of you keep asking me, what's going on with Millie and, and Alex Jones? I really don't know. I don't know where Alex Jones got this kingpin thing. Like, I've been looking at it and you guys know that i'm a huge alex jones fan like i've been saying this all my I, like i have no idea where this is coming from where he came up with it how it's happening like what the like where are they coming with this from I, it's a coordinated slander effort coordinated effort completely coordinated effort that's it it's coordinated and that's what you have to see i mean all of a sudden all this comes out all of a sudden, they've been preemptively doing it. I mean, I saw some hit pieces that they had preemptively planted on Millie Weaver. And that's the problem. I don't understand how people are being so, so, so horrid. But, huh, it's just, it's just weird. But um, what's exciting is, is that huh, the counterintelligence here 
is knocked out. Look at that. Look at that. They all, every single IT contractor right now is scrubbing everything, but that's too late because we already have everything we need. And that's the problem. People are so upset. I found this comment that I was like, yeah, the, it's, it's pretty interesting, pretty interesting, pretty interesting how, you know, it's just terrible. And I feel so bad. Like you put out truth and now it's being condemned. Truth is being condemned by the, by the actual people that supposedly believe in truth, that supposedly think truth is important, that supposedly all these things and, and they're not. Let me take you to the Clear Force board of directors there so you can see what the page is like now, which is pretty exciting because it's um, completely different. You could just don't feed the trolls. That's all. I mean, they'll go away because Alice can't learn. This is what the board of directors page look like. Look at that. Dan in Equifax Global Consumer. Remember that Equifax hack? How interesting. He got all your credit scores, everything. Thomas Blair, General Jones, his son, General Hayden. He used to be, right? CIA, NSA, right? Thomas Miller, <laughs> You see these people? These are the people that know best. These are the people that run the world. These are the people that run the MSN, run everything. And yet, you know, and that's one of their many companies uh, because that's the way it is. So it's pretty interesting. I, I am just saying it's, it's quite interesting that they're all deleting information, but this video was garbage, right? Or debunked. Video garbage and debunked, but um, but for some reason they've scrubbed their websites and we have to go on the Wayback Machine, right? Because the video was nothing, right? This is why it's been banned globally, right? Because the work is impeccable. There was nothing in there that was wrong. Because if it was, they wouldn't be scrubbing everything. They wouldn't be banning everyone. YouTube doesn't let me upload videos because the movie that we put out gave me a community strike. So I'm in timeout again. So once my timeout was over, I'm in timeout again. So this is how they operate. And I'm pretty sure that someone bend the knee to them, you know, and did whatever. Look at this. Look at that. They deleted it. They deleted it. It's on the way back. Thank you to whoever was archiving to prove it because there has been so many people out there doing this. I am very pleased. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. All of us should be working together for the truth, not working against the truth messengers. It's just so disgusting. Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. McChrystal Group also changed their pages. Everyone is changing their pages. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. No one, no one can debunk anything in that report. Nothing. And instead, they're manufacturing information. They're putting stuff out that is so ridiculous. So ridiculous. As if they know what they're talking about. These are basement dwellers. Basement dwellers. I, you know, uh, listen, guys, everyone's giving a lot of hate to Alex Jones. Okay. Everyone. And I'm shocked. Okay. But you have to understand that he has a very big production. 
right? So he relies on those around him to give him information. He obviously didn't have time to watch the film. I'm, I, my assumption would be because I have faith in people. My assumption would be that someone gave him a snippet of, of words and said, this is what it is. This is what happened. Um, you know, these are the points. You won't believe it. It's like this. When the video pretty much demonstrated that Roger Stone was a victim, he did a lot of work. And what the, what the video was trying to say is that General Jones pretty much owns all of these companies doing some type of work. So this is what people need to understand. So I'm of the assumption that um, Alex Jones had really bad um, producer or, you know, someone that gave him information or talking points because they do that you know and they might not be able to read the whole i mean how is he going to watch a movie of an hour and 20 minutes when he's live on air he's not so it's probably someone that saw it and said uh you know this is um uh, actually, hold on, Laura. Just so you know, things can die on the internet when you own the internet. Okay, they could delete things and slot things in and make them look real. Uh, this is the age of information. But I, I actually think that Alex Jones may have been given very bad information from a producer, a coworker, because. You know, I, I sat down and took the time to watch the interview we had talking about this with Roger Stone and how Roger Stone was like, yeah, what Patrick Berge is saying is pretty much legit. Um, and I watched the interview that Alex Jones had with Patrick Berge and I, I didn't see anything about Kingpin. I didn't see. So I don't know who gave him that information. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know why he fired Millie and why he's saying that the arrest was fake. Like, this is crazy. The woman was in jail. Right. Her kids were at risk of being stolen. I mean, they even have the grand jury indictments to see that they sat on it. So how is this orchestrated? Uh, and, and, and it's not, Mr. Alex Jones. It's not. You're wrong. That's false. That's false. <laughs> That's false. My ID doesn't even say that. That's false. So, you know, these are the things. Yeah. Who fired her? Alex Jones did. And that's what's crazy. And, you know, yesterday I called them out last night saying that they backdated Zimmerman probably did it. He's a young guy and he's just uh, like, oh, I don't even know why he's in charge of anything IT. But he backdated the video to show it for July 15th so he can bury it, even though that video brings so much traction to his site. And now they fixed it, obviously, when I called them out. I'm a huge fan of Alex Jones. You guys know that. I've been talking about that for like forever. Even though I get flack and people are like, but he's Mossad and this. I don't listen to anyone. I listen to my intuition. And my intuition says that he got really bad information from someone in his organization giving him these talking points. Because one, I've been working for over a year and a half on this whole Roger Stone thing to figure out how they selected people, how they were putting it together, what they were in. And I've been following this. So for someone to even, you know, infer anything is beyond me. And I, you know, it could be that, you know, whoever gave, um, you know, information. That's right. One of his producers gave him a highlight or he exaggerated or he did it on purpose because see, they're always trying to hijack um, Alex Jones. They're always trying to make him look bad. They're always attacking him to make him look crazy. And whoever gave him that information, that spotlight needs to be fired. 
because that's the person that just ruined Alex Jones's credibility because there is no one on this planet right now that can discredit anything in that video. And if it was just, uh, I like the way they tied it with QAnon. It's like, whoop, feeling naked. But um, there was nothing they could debunk. Because if it was rubbish, then why are they scrubbing their websites? Why are they taking their websites down? You know, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was said in private. And when you have private conversations, you don't talk. We're talking about what was on air, okay? And that's the way it is. I'm not protecting him. I'm, I've been listening to him for decades. I can't say that, you know, Alex Jones, um, you know, is a hack or whatever. I'm telling you, I've seen producers and I've seen things go. And, you know, when you have a bad producer, a bad employee that you've entrusted to give you talking points and highlights because you're that busy, you know, that's the way it is. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to believe that, you know, he's, he's totally on this. He's getting bad advice from someone. And, and yeah, and I believe that too. I don't even think he's watched Shadowgate. Because if he did, he'd be like, who said he was a kingpin? What, you're pointing to the picture? So what? That was his company. What is that saying? Nothing. Look at the date, 2007. We're talking way before the elections. Why would anyone say it? Caitlin Bennett is, is crazy. She has no money. She makes fun of you. All she wanted was for you guys to donate money for her wedding. Like she doesn't even care. Like she, she, you know, she was found in Applebee's broke, right? And was given a platform. Are you kidding? And that's the way she says, thank you. Come on, guys. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. She doesn't care about anybody. She cares about your money. And that's what she does. And that's the thing. She's not doing it for the right thing. Because for me, I've been doing radio for three years. Ask, ask me how much money I've gotten from the radio station. Zero. Yet their ads are on my hours. I get zero. Right. And I've just now started being funded by people because I have to put in more time because I can't do the same work I did because me opening my mouth and talking has cost me contracts. So, you know, that's why. So I get change from people who want to give it to me because I'm funded by the people. And that's something Andy Breitbart had pushed. That's what Laura did. Laura was a journalist and she didn't answer to anybody but herself because the people were funding her. And that's the way every single media outlet should be, you know, not big advertisers. This is why advertising is a bad idea because then you have to say things in a proper way. So someone can throw money at you. It's just dumb. So, um, uh, unfortunately, guys, uh, YouTube has me in timeout. I can't upload it. Facebook um, has my live show from today. I saved it, but you can hear it in audio format like a radio show um, through all podcasts. So it's on Simplecast. Everything from the day I started except for my very first episode are up there um, and you can see it. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad that Gab is going to use their video and platform and put the most banned video in the world. That is, I mean, it was the doctors first and that was it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. A lot of people have claimed their cue. And the one thing is I, 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 you know, I would just think that Q said no communications outside. So no one, like, even if you were Q, you wouldn't tell people, I mean, people could speculate, but you're not going to tell them. 
because then it's just, you know, whatever. I mean, that's the way it is. We all know the FBI wants to find them so bad. So, so bad. So bad. It's ridiculous. So bad. So bad. I can't believe I'm saying so bad so many times, but it's like so bad. Um, so that's, that's, that's that. Um, Bank of America. Okay. Um, I wanted to revisit, uh, the statements that I made about Bank of America. A lot of people were like, what? You know, because I've been talking about, um, changing our economic face from 2018. I'm not something new. I didn't just start, right? I've been talking on air about, uh, the change of the economic uh, model and structure. And I've been showing you the clues of how other nations are clocking. And they already know what President Trump has in mind with the creation of the synthetic homogenous currency, with the index system that, you know, kind of circumvents uh, U.S. sanctions, you know, and all that. We've been talking about it over years, right? It's not something new. I don't sit there and claim, you know, whatever. Anyway, so... I know a lot of people have come to me. I'm not a financial advisor and I can't say, but I did tell you guys if I was banking with the Bank of America, I would look for another bank. And so that's, that's really important for me. Um, to point out because today you see why I made that comment. Now what? Is someone going to tell me that's another coincidence? Oh, kind of like the comment that I made. What was the comment? I want to ask you guys so I can see your responses. Do you remember when we were talking about the RNC and how upset I was um, that uh, the RNC was canceled? What did I tell you they are willing to do to the RNC conference? Do you guys remember what I said? Does anybody remember what I said that they'd be willing to do during the conference? I'll just, I'll just um, wait to see some responses because we talked about this. You guys remember what I had um, said? Let's see. Kill people, bomb it, missiles. There we go. And what do we see reported today in Florida? Do you remember? Right. So again, I guess, yes, from the sky. Yes. Remember? Yes. See? So no matter how much someone wants to discredit my work or talk rubbish, I'm always on point. So I'm the news. And so all of the other news people have to listen to Tori Says in order to write their articles, which I've noticed, which people do do that. But I did say that, didn't I? And today, and I made it clear, Florida airport evacuated after huge live missile found in shipping. Hmm. Interesting. So we're shipping missiles now? Military guided missile found sitting in civilian Florida airport? <sighs> That's so weird. That is so weird. But it's almost like I said it. Almost like I said it. So I called that. I called Bank of America. Well, the video obviously told you about Clear Force and General Jones and so many other IC elements that I had the GCHQ. After Millie's report, when she put out with GSG and GCHQ, their website went down. Okay. They actually changed everything. They overhauled it. But, you know, I'm I'm just a conspiracy talk show host that's always on point, spot on. I, I just wanted to kind of point out to 
state facts that I'm spot on because my analysis is spot on and everyone else is just following talking points that they get in drops. So President Trump is entering the room now. Let's switch. Thank you very much. Before I provide an update on our continued progress against the China virus, I'd like to discuss our latest actions against the Iranian regime. Today, I'm directing the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, to notify the UN Security Council that the United States intends to restore virtually all of the previously suspended United Nations sanctions on Iran. It's a snapback, not uncommon. Two years ago, I withdrew the United States from the disastrous Iran nuclear deal, which was a product of the Obama-Biden foreign policy failure, a failure like few people have seen in terms of the amount of money we paid for absolutely nothing and a short-term deal. This deal funneled tens of billions of dollars to Iran, 150 billion to be exact, plus 1.8 billion in cash, which I don't know that the president had the authority to give, gave 1.8 billion in cash. Just another great deal that turned out to be a total disaster that would have uh, funded all of the chaos and the bloodshed and the terror in the region and all throughout the world. And I won't say anything because I don't like saying it, but Iran doesn't have so much money to give to the world anymore, to the terrorists, to give to Al-Qaeda, various other groups of people that they were funding. They have to keep their own regime together, and it's not easy for them. And if and when I win the election within the first month, Iran will come to us, and they are going to be asking for a deal so quickly because they are doing very poorly But that deal was a disaster, $150 billion, $1.8 billion in cash. And we got nothing except a short-term little deal, a short-term expiring, starting to expire already. It's terminated, but it would have, if we didn't terminate it, start to expire very shortly. A good deal was the deal we made with UAE and Israel. And by the way, other countries, I will tell you now, want to come into that deal. Countries that you wouldn't even believe want to come into that deal. And all of a sudden, you're going to have peace in the Middle East. And you couldn't have done it with this ridiculous Iran nuclear deal, as they call it, that President Obama made, along with sleepy Joe Biden. I imposed the toughest ever sanctions on Iran. And this has caused great difficulty for them, giving money to terrorist organizations. And if they do, they'll have hell to pay. Earlier this year, I ordered the strike that took out the world's number one terrorist, Qasem Soleimani, in addition to previously terminating leader and founder of ISIS, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the two leading terrorists by far in the world, the founder of ISIS. Nobody even talks about that. And we also defeated... We now have 100% of the ISIS caliphate in Syria. When I took over, it was a mess. It was a total mess. It was, they were all over the place. My administration will not allow this 
Iran nuclear situation to go on. They will never have a nuclear weapon. Iran will never have, mark it down, mark it down. Iran will never have a nuclear weapon. When the United States entered into the Iran deal, it was clear that the United States would always have the right to restore the UN sanctions that will prevent Iran from developing a nuclear weapon. We paid a fortune for a failed concept and a failed policy, a policy that would have made it impossible to have peace in the Middle East. Here at home, through Operation Legend, we are confronting the wave of crime in Democrat-run American cities. It's absolutely shocking. When you look at Portland or New York, San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, sometimes Los Angeles, Democrat-run cities, they're a mess because they don't get it. Either they don't get it or there's something that nobody else understands. We've deployed more than 1,000 additional federal agents to help these Democrat-run disasters. We just have done this. We have to give them a hand. And we can stop it immediately, like at Portland would be so easy to stop. We'd stop it immediately. We only sent in some homeland people who are great, by the way, to save the courthouse because it would have been blown up or burned down. And they did that very easily. But if we were called upon, we would send in, whether it's Homeland, whether it's FBI, whether it's just law enforcement, and we'd send them in quickly. We would eradicate it just like happened in Minneapolis. As soon as they were called in, they should have been called in a lot sooner. You would have had far less damage. Today, we announced that Operation Legend has successfully resulted in nearly 1,500 arrests already. Bad ones, bad ones, really bad people. Prosecutions and prison sentences will follow, and there'll be very long time in prison for what they've done to these cities. Most cities are well run. Most of the nation is well run. And the areas that we're talking about are all, in all cases, run by Democrats, usually radical left-leaning Democrats, like in New York or in Portland. We've made arrests in Kansas City, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Memphis, and Albuquerque for many violent crimes, including gun crimes, arson, and 91 murders. We're also using the full power of the federal government to defeat, as you know, the China virus. New cases have declined in 80% of the jurisdictions in the past week, 80%. New Zealand, by the way, had a big outbreak and other countries that were held up to try and make us look not as good as we should look because we've done an incredible job, but they're having a lot of outbreaks, but they'll be able to put them out and we put them out. The hospitalization rate has fallen in our country, 54% since its peak in April, 54%. Older Americans are still the most vulnerable to the virus. 92% of deaths have occurred among those 55 and older. Only 2.7% of deaths have occurred among those 44 years. Think of that, 44 years and younger, so 44 years old. 
and younger, only 2.7% of deaths have occurred. And many of those people had pre-existing conditions, they had problems, heart, diabetes, and other problems, but uh, many of those. So think of that, only 2.7% under 44 years of age. Excess mortality in Europe this year is 33% higher than the United States. Evidence that the tragic cost of this virus is higher in other Western nations. Uh, South Korea, you've been reading about South Korea doing well. Well, they just had a very big breakout, but they'll be able to solve the problem. We must all remain vigilant and continue to exercise extreme caution around those at highest risk. As we know, multiple colleges and universities announced that they would suspend in-person teaching. Now, we have learned one thing. There's nothing like campus. There's nothing like being with the teacher as opposed to being on a computer board. It's uh, been proven a lot better. It's a lot better. The iPads are wonderful, but you're not going to learn the same way you do by being there. So nevertheless, certain colleges and universities have announced that they would suspend the in-person teaching. For older people and individuals with underlying conditions, the China virus is very dangerous. But for university students, the likelihood of severe illness is less than or equal to the risk of a seasonal flu. A seasonal flu. And uh, the seasonal flu happens and comes and it goes and it can be very bad. But people don't talk about it in the same way and they shouldn't. But if you look at that, the odds are less than or equal to. Instead of saving lives, the decision to close universities could cost lives. It is significantly safer for students to live with other young people than to go home and spread the virus to older Americans. Makes sense. And the shutdown thing is causing tremendous depression for those Places that are still shut down, you look at certain areas that, in all cases, Democrat-run, still shut down, and the numbers there aren't even good, but causing tremendous depression, suicide, uh, drugs, alcohol, abuse, a lot of problems are being caused, probably far more, I would say, Scott, than is caused by the virus itself. Now that we understand the virus, colleges should take reasonable precautions. Students who feel sick should not attend class and should limit social interaction as they would for any other illness. And universities should implement measures to protect the high risk students or professors and teachers. The ultimate goal of testing is to prevent transmission in high risk settings and to prevent transmission period, but especially in nursing homes and to care for the vulnerable and our elderly, which really fit into that definition of who is vulnerable. We have tremendous unused testing capacity in our country. We have a tremendous unused testing capacity. It's something that a lot of other nations are very impressed with, they tell us. 
In our path forward, we will continue to follow a science-based approach to protecting the high-risk while enabling healthy Americans to safely go back to work and school. Our country will be open. Our country is getting open quickly. Our stock markets are almost back to where they were prior to the China virus disaster coming in. And uh, I want to thank you all for being here, and we'll take some uh, questions. Yeah, please. Um, during the pandemic, uh, the QAnon movement has been, appears to be gaining a lot of followers. Can you talk about what you think about that and what you have to say to people who are following this movement right now? Well, I don't know much about the movement other than I understand they like me very much, uh, which I appreciate. But I don't know much about the movement. Uh, I have heard that it is gaining in popularity. And from what I hear, it's, these are people that when they watch the streets of Portland, when they watch what happened in New York City in just the last six or seven months, but this was starting even four years ago when I came here, almost four years, can you believe it? Uh, these are people that don't like seeing what's going on in places like Portland and places like Chicago and New York and other cities and states. And uh, I've heard these are people that love our country and they just don't like seeing it. So I don't know really anything about it other than they do supposedly like me. And they also would like to see problems in these areas, like especially the areas that we're talking about, go away. Because there's no reason the Democrats can't run a city. And if they can't, we will send in all of the federal, whether it's troops or law enforcement, whatever they'd like. We'll send them in. We'll straighten out their problem in 24 hours or less. Okay? Well, at, at the crux of the theory is this belief that you are secretly saving the world from this satanic cult of pedophiles and cannibals. Does that sound like something you are behind? Or well, I haven't, I haven't heard that, but... Uh, is that supposed to be a bad thing or a good thing? I mean, you know, if, uh, if I can help save the world from problems, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to put myself out there. And we are, actually. We're saving the world from a radical left philosophy that will destroy this country. And when this country is gone, the rest of the world would follow. The rest of the world would follow. That's the importance of this country. And when you look at some of the things that these people are saying with uh, defund the police and no borders, open borders, everybody just pour right into our country. No testing, no nothing. You know, you talk about testing, no testing. Uh, Mexico, as you know, has a very high rate of infection. The wall is now going to be next week 300 miles long. Uh, our numbers are extraordinary on the border. Had that, and this is through luck, perhaps more than talent, although the talent is getting it built when one party refuses to allow it. You don't hear talk about the wall anymore. But I will say this um, we need strength in our country, not weakness. Too much weakness. Yes, John. Mr. President, you have been very bullish on the promise of convalescent plasma yeah. to treat coronavirus. The FDA appeared to be on the brink of issuing an emergency use authorization for convalescent plasma. But after hearing from top officials at the NIH that there wasn't enough evidence to go ahead with that, the FDA has put that on pause. Your reaction to that, and do you believe that convalescent plasma should be in 
the arsenal of treatments for COVID. Well, I hear great things about it, John. That's all I can tell you. And uh, it could be a political decision because you have a lot of people over there that don't want to rush things because they want to they want to do it after November 3rd. And you've heard that one before. But I've heard fantastic things about convalescent plasma. And uh, I've heard numbers way over 50% uh, success. And people are dying and we should have it approved if it's good. And I'm hearing it's good. I heard from people at the FDA that it's good. So we'll see. I'm going to check that right after this conference. My understanding that the White House will encourage the NIH and the FDA to get this out there as quickly as well, possible. Well, the numbers are as good as I'm hearing. I mean, I'm hearing over 50 percent, and that's very good. And we've approved certain things are 31 percent, and that's okay, too. That's not bad. And it's really had a tremendous impact. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I have uh, – you're telling me something right now that surprises me. But we'll check it out right after this. Concerned about a delay? I don't want delays. I don't want people dying. I don't want people dying. Yeah, please, sir. Mr. President, I want to ask you about your tweet earlier today on Goodyear. It was essentially calling for a boycott on Goodyear tires. Do you want the federal government to stop buying and using Goodyear product as well? And is there well anything I'm not happy that? with Goodyear because what they're doing is playing politics. And the funny thing is the people that work for Goodyear, I can guarantee you I poll very well with all of those great workers in Goodyear and uh, when they say that you can't have blue lives matter you can't show a blue line you can't wear a MAGA hat but you can have other things that are Marxist in nature uh, there's something wrong with the top of Goodyear and what the uh, radical left does is they make it impossible for people to do business if they're Republican or if they're conservative, they put out all sorts of effort. Uh, don't shop there. They do vicious things. Not so different than what you saw in the streets of Portland two nights ago. Boycott? Do you oh, I don't know. That's up to people. But I wouldn't recommend it if they if they want to hold political speech. If they want to let you not do what everybody's doing. If they want to wear a MAGA hat, or if they want to wear a blue lives, you know what blue lives matter, right? That's policemen and women. Uh, that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. So they're using their power over these people. And these people want to wear whatever it is that we're talking about. You know that. And so I would be very much uh, in favor of people don't want to buy there. And you know what? They'll be able to get a good job because we set a jobs record over the last quarter, as you know, the most jobs ever in the history of our country, uh, you'll be able to get another good jobs. I think it's disgraceful uh, that they did this. Please go ahead. Uh, yes, Mr. President, you've said that the arrest of Jimmy Lai in Hong Kong is, quote, a terrible thing. Do you have a message for Jimmy Lai? Has your administration spoken directly with him? Is your State Department working for his release? Well, I send him best wishes. I hear he's a wonderful gentleman. Uh, he's certainly a brave man. Um, and I send him best wishes. With that being said, uh, because of that and obviously what happened in Hong Kong, we've taken all of the vast amounts of money that we used to subsidize Hong Kong. We essentially subsidized Hong Kong by giving them all sorts of incentives. And that's what made Hong Kong the exchange and business in Hong Kong successful. I've taken it all back. That means that the United States is going to do a lot more business. You know, we at we, we really gave them tremendous incentive and subsidy in order that they be successful for freedom. 
But now that the freedom obviously seems to have been taken away, we will keep all of the incentives that we were given them, which is billions and billions of dollars. And all of that business will come into our country, including the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ, and uh, it'll all come here. But I feel badly for him because I hear he's a good person. I don't know him, but I hear he's a good person, obviously, a very brave person. Did you have something to ask? Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, with the Iraqi Prime Minister coming in tomorrow, uh, what about... Say it. The Iraqi Prime Minister is coming in tomorrow to meet with you. And how do you feel about this notion that Iraq can once again become the buffer between Iranian influence and Russian influence in the Middle East? Do you feel that under this Prime Minister uh, that that's possible once again? Well, this is a man that I get along with very well. We're largely out of Iraq. We're down to very few soldiers. I said we're getting out of these endless wars, these uh, ridiculous, endless wars. We should have never been there in the first place. I think it was the worst decision made in the history of our country. Should have never been there in the Middle East. We should have never been. Uh, but we're getting out rapidly out of, you know, over the course of three years. And getting out, it's very sticky getting out. And some people agree and many people don't agree. But I think uh, most people very much agree. Uh, we're doing very well in our negotiations with Afghanistan. We're getting out. We're down to a much smaller number of people left there. And, you know, I greet uh, men and women coming home and coming home after they've been hit. I've also greeted many, many at Dover, greeted many bodies coming back in. And uh, we've been there 19 years and we're basically policemen. We're acting as police as opposed to soldiers. And they're going to have to police their own states. And they've been doing that for thousands of years. But it's time after 19 years that our soldiers come home. They've done an incredible job. But, you know, they don't, they're not allowed to fight to win. And maybe they shouldn't be because a lot of the people, uh, it's not their fault. But with uh, the Taliban and with uh, going to Iraq again, we're, we're down in Afghanistan, uh, very low numbers. And that'll be uh, taking place. And I let them know, do anything and you'll be hit like you've never be hit been hit before uh so we're uh, we're doing very well syria the same thing remember when i took all of the soldiers off of the border between syria and turkey right and everybody said oh this is that was two years ago it was a long time ago they said oh this is terrible 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 we're gonna leave why are we have our soldiers between syria and turkey turkey can definitely take care of itself i have a very good relationship with president erdogan and Syria has been fighting forever. And I say, why are we guarding their border? And I brought our soldiers back home. I got them out. And guess what? Nothing's happened. They've been fighting like they have been for a thousand years. Okay. Nothing's happened. And nobody mentions that. Everybody said, this is going to be a disaster. There's no disaster. Nothing's happened. And so we're uh, getting out of the endless wars. And we are building a military the likes of which the world has never seen, two and a half trillion dollars we've spent. And we hopefully don't ever have to use it. But we want to focus on a much bigger picture because we have a much bigger picture. It's uh, when you look at what China is doing, when you look at what Russia is doing, when you look at what some other countries are doing, uh, we want to be ready just in case there is a catastrophe. We don't want to see that. We don't want to ever use it. We've rebuilt our military. 
new missiles, new rockets and new tanks and new everything, new everything, two and a half trillion, all made in the USA. And we've uh, upgraded incredibly our nuclear capability and uh, some of our nuclear needed nourishment, it needed new strength. And we've, we've upgraded it very, very significantly. I mean, to a level that nobody would even believe. And hopefully we don't. You pray to God we never have to use it. Okay? But we've never been in a position where we've been this strong. Please. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Middle East. I have a couple questions. Um, you mentioned that other countries are interested in, in following suit. Uh, yes. Having to do with UAE and Israel. Exactly. So right. is, do you expect that Saudi Arabia will join? And I do. Yes. And also, uh, the Emiratis have expressed interest in the F-35. Um, do you think that that should be something that they could look forward to in the future? Is there some no, sort I of think I think, look, they've, they've definitely got the money to pay for it. You know, it's nice because uh, usually when we, a lot of times we make deals, they don't have 10 cents, these countries we deal with. We give it to them like, how about paying this back later? But they never pay because they don't have the money. No, they have the money, and they they would like to order quite a few F-35s. It's the greatest fighter jet in the world, as you know, by far. Stealth. Totally stealth. You can't see it. Makes it very difficult. I was asking a pilot, what do you think is better? This one, this one, that one? Talking about Russian planes, Chinese planes. He said, well, the advantage we have is you can't see it. So when we're fighting, they can't see us. I say, that sounds like a really big advantage to me. To these you guys, you know, they look, by the way, I said, to these pilots that I meet, they look better than Tom Cruise, and they're definitely tougher. And he's a nice guy. But these uh, these people are amazing. And I, I speak to them a lot about it. What do you think? You know, as I go around to the various places, I saved the big one in Florida, as an example. That was a big one knocked down pretty much by the hurricane. So uh, I spent a lot of time on that. And it's the greatest plane in the world. Uh, one thing about that kind of thing, technology, high technology, the greatest plane doesn't last long. Somebody comes up with something else, but we're always the one to come up with something else. So, uh, yeah, they'd like to buy F-35s. We'll see what happens. It's under review, but uh, they made a great, uh, a great advance in peace in the Middle East. Even the New York Times thought it was an incredible deal. Can you imagine that? Uh, Tom Friedman had a... Very nice thing to say about it. I spoke to him about it. He thought it was terrific, and, and it is terrific. I see a lot of countries coming in fairly quickly, and when you have them all in, uh, ultimately Iran will come in too. There'll be peace in the Middle East. That'll be nice. Iran will be uh, very much neutralized. They never thought this could have happened. And with the horrendously stupid Iran deal signed by Obama, uh, this could have never happened. Uh, on the Goodyear issue, you ride on Goodyear tires in the presidential limousine. Correct. If there were an alternative, would you want those tires swapped out? Yeah, I would do that. I would, I would swap them out based on what I heard. We'll see what happens. Look, you're going to have a lot of people not wanting to buy that product anymore. And uh, they'll buy from a competitor made in the USA, too. Okay, please. Mr. President, uh Excerpts from Obama's speech that he would, he'll give later at the Democratic convention um, show that he will. He says that he hopes that you would take the, being president more seriously once you have the job and discover 
reverence for democracy. And then he said, I quote, but he never did. What is your reaction? You to know, that? Uh, when I listen to that and then I see the horror that he's left us, the stupidity of the transactions that he made. Look what we're doing. We have our great border wall. We have security. We have uh, the UAE deal, which has been universally praised, praised by people that aren't exactly uh, fans of Donald Trump for various reasons. I don't know why. can't be my personality, but they're not fans, right? And when I look at uh, what we have, and I look at how bad he was, how ineffective a president he was, he was so ineffective, so terrible, slowest growing recovery in the history, I guess, since 1929 on the economy. Don't forget, until the China virus came in, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world. And now we're doing it again. I'm going to have to do it a second time. We're doing it again. Hard to believe. We're doing very well. You heard the numbers. They're way, way down on the, on the virus. But when you look at the kind of numbers that we're producing on the stock markets, we're almost at the level. In fact, NASDAQ and S&P are higher than they were at the highest point prior to the China virus coming in, the plague coming in. Now, President Obama did not do a good job. And the reason I'm here is because of President Obama and Joe Biden. Because if they did a good job, I wouldn't be here. And probably if they did a good job, I wouldn't have even run. I would have been very happy. I enjoyed my previous life very much. But they did such a bad job that I stand before you as president. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Well, then, I guess they're very salty that he didn't condemn QAnon as they were hoping he would. How dare he? And, you know, USA Today did say that, oh, um, Shadowgate's QAnon. Well, I want to tell you guys something, but I can't. But I can tell you that we have something up our sleeve, um, you know, for vindication, aside from flying out lawsuits everywhere, um, for vindication. Because I don't believe in lawsuits. It's just so dumb. It's just like people could just say, I'm sorry, and it's all good. Um so it's um pretty interesting. I'm going to tell you that it's going to be very surprising and it's going to bring even more eyes on what's going on. So um, just keep your fingers crossed. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, everyone. Uh, that was it for the presser. I'm going to see you guys tomorrow, 12 to 2. Well, 12 to 3, right? We like three hours. Um, and we'll be discussing the happenings of the day. So on that note, I, um, I wanted to also mention that I can't upload to YouTube. I'm still in timeout. So I'm saving those videos and there'll be a mass upload, I guess, later. But everything is audio recorded. So uh, it will be uploaded as a podcast. Um, so it's going to be pretty interesting. What's about to happen? What's about to happen? God bless everyone. I will see you tomorrow. Have a very good evening. Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you? Can you hear me? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you?